Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Backmarkers F1 show. Thanks for joining us for another edition of our podcast. Chris, Tyler, and Shaker, we got the full house in here tonight for a little bit later on in the week. Uh, obviously, we had uh, over here in Canada Thanksgiving weekend, um, so we were off uh, over the weekend. So that's why we're coming to you a little bit later. We're going to be talking about uh, the Eiffel Grand Prix at the Nürburgring and also just talking uh, more so actually uh, on obviously the history that was made on Sunday, but also we're going to touch on a lot of the uh, more of the important race incidents that we've pointed out. But anyways, thanks everyone for for watching along. And um, all right, so let's dive right into the Eiffel Grand Prix. First Mm -hmm. of all, I mean, obviously we didn't get to see as much running uh, Mm -hmm. on Friday. It was completely washed out, which... I was so sad about because I was really wanting to see Mick Schumacher mm-hmm. on yeah, Friday. Yeah, was... Same with Cameron Eilat. Yeah. Shout out to Cameron Eilat. He's a fantastic driver as well. And it just didn't get to see it. I mean, both of them, uh, it wasn't so much actually the rain. It was just that the medical helicopter couldn't fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was too much fog. So he wasn't able to do it. Hopefully, he'll can, uh, both drivers can jump into uh, the car in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but anyways, there were some cool moments with him and, and Vettel when uh, he was mm-hmm. showing him his helmet which was kind of made off of uh, his dad's design, which was a really nice moment. But anyways, uh, so what did you guys think of, of the Nürburgring? A beautiful track. I well, think it was fantastic. Like, I mean, I think all the drivers love it too. They're like, we should be here every year just because of how nice of a track it was to race. But yeah. I mean, it was really nice to watch too. Like, I, I really enjoyed the technical side of that track. Like, it's it's there's There's forgiveness to make mistakes, but not much. And most of the turns are pretty tricky to get right. So... I don't know. I thought it was, a, it was a great racetrack to watch. Just a car go around. I was like, oh, this is fun. Especially because they were dealing with uh, with the cold as well. Mm. So they had to keep keep the tires warm the entire time. Um, and the other cool thing was, apparently a lot of those F1 drivers did get there a little bit early and did race around in like actual like oh, yeah. regular road cars. Nice. Apparently a lot of yeah, YouTube- on the North Life, yeah. yeah, apparently a lot of YouTubers were YouTubers were uh, had videos with the F1 drivers going out, and they were per- like these. Uh, some of the YouTubers drive around there regularly and have these F1 drivers come around, and they were like basically they were like. They had trouble in the car sometimes. <laughs> oh, apparently, wow. yeah. I saw um, the one that Esteban Ocon did in an Alpine, and he was he was pushing decently. It was kind of in like damp conditions, mm. but then Ricardo he went out in uh, I think it was a Renault uh, Megane or Megan. I don't know how they pronounce it, uh, but he was like completely scared, so he went like super slow because it was wet. He didn't have any grip, mm. so he just kind of like was driving like an old lady around the Nordschleife. I don't. I think like if I ever got to drive the Nordschleife, I'd like to do two laps. I'd like to do one scenic lap. Yeah, because yeah. like it's just Absolutely. like beautiful around there, and like just slow, enjoy yourself, and then like one like kind of push like not push hard because I don't want to wreck. <laughs> That'd be awful. Depends, what, depends I, whose car you're driving. I yeah. would personally want three. Three? I would want three. Because that's like a solid, like, you know, if you put in a, a nice scenic lap, that's like what? Like, you would take like 20. Like, if you're enjoying yourself, you're enjoying yourself like, it should be like 20 minutes. 20, 20 minutes. Next one, you know, you, you get a nice, like, test track around. <laughs> takes around 15 or so. Now, once if you, you get a taste, taste the track, you could probably put in like a, you know, if you're a good driver, a good 12-minute time. 12-minute time. Yeah. Well, depending on the car, right? Yeah, like, that's true. If you're a good driver, that's if you're... <laughs> yeah. Or you've been in turn one. Yeah. <laughs> that track is honestly one that... I mean, it's if it scares F one drivers, I don't even know what it would do to it, us. It scares me on sim racing. I can't, I can't like, complete a whole lap on sim racing. Oh, yeah. I can't either. I, I think I drove um, the Y button is pressed a lot. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rewind. I, I, dr- I drove, I think, uh, like the Toyota Hybrid, like the LMP1 oh, car. God. And I can't. I don't know which turn it was, but it's early on in the lap, and there's a bump, so the car gets a little bit airborne. Mm-hmm. And I, that's always when I, I lose it because I think you have to lift a little mm-hmm. bit, or else you know there's just too much imbalance. But it's insane. I watched uh, Robert Kubica, who did a lap there. I want to say maybe a week before the race, and I think it was a BMW M5. And it's just insane. Like when he goes over the curbs, it's like, you know, sounds like bombs are going off or something. Like the track is insane. Yeah. I can't believe they used to race on that. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think I, on my iRacing, I raced a Skip Barber around it. It's like a classic kind of like, if you know iRacing, you know the Skip Barber. And uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't make it too far. <laughs> I did, did not make it too far. It was a three lap race and I don't think I made it after lap one. Yeah. Lap one, I think I was done. So the other tough thing too, if you went to drive there is that you got to contend with traffic. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, drivers, like you said, who are more professional, who are going to come in there faster. There's guys on motorcycles, too. Always pass on the left. That's the rule at the North Life. Always pass, always on, pass, the pass yeah, on the okay. left. I'll make note of that. Yeah. My favorite are the Nürburgring or the North Life crash compilations yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, those are great. Those are fun. Uh, who is it? Auto Addiction? That's the one I like yeah. to watch. The yeah, YouTube channel. I'm not sure what the name Yeah. Shout out Auto Addiction. Uh, yeah, those are always hilarious. Some of them I can understand. I probably would do it, too. But then there are some that are just terrible, like mm. dangerous driving, and mm-hmm. they deserve nothing more. Um, but yeah, so amazing area of, of, uh, of racing too, especially in the Eiffel mountains and, uh, to be able to kind of get a slice of that piece of not just F1 history, but racing history as well is cool. Mm-hmm. So I'd be really curious to see what a modern F1 car could do around that track. I don't know if you could do it though. Like, I don't know if, I don't, yeah. like, I want, like, I feel like they're too low to the ground. Yeah. I think yeah. That, and like, I don't know what F1 driver is going to take that risk of going and doing a full push lap at, on Norse life. Well, I think they'd have to create a separate tire for that. Yeah, Kimmy. probably. Kimmy. Kimmy. <laughs> it's a hobby anyway, so he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I think some people, uh, even the drivers are saying, like, I don't know if you could do it. Yeah. I don't know if it'd be possible in the modern cars. So, yeah. Anyways, it's it's amazing. It's uh, the, these This year has shown us that we need the older tracks back on the calendar. Yeah. I think I think that's a clear one. And we've got a great one coming up as well at the uh, Algarve Circuit, which is the next race mm. we're going to. Um, so maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later. But Portimao. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And uh, a lot of new uh, Portuguese fans. We've got some great a great response on uh, on the track guide that we did a couple, I think a couple months ago now, actually. Um, but there's a lot. They're super excited to have F1 back in their country. So yeah, we're look, really looking forward to that. Um, okay, so let's talk about history. We'll, we'll do this right off the top because it's kind of basically yeah. the most important part about this weekend. Yeah, and- yeah Roman Grosjean scored his first <laughs> point in, uh, since last year. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it really, really uh, capped off the weekend, yeah. I think. History yeah. was I mean, made. Nine teams scored points nine this teams, weekend. Yeah, yep. that's right. That's uh, the first time that's happened in I don't know how long. You, you have the tweet, I think, Shaker, um, <laughs> that you sent to us. I, I don't know the, the actual stat, but oh, so God, it's more yeah. history made there. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's really all, remarkable. Yeah, I just remember the one I was talking about before we went on air. I think that this was the since first 2010. season. 2010, 2010, First time since 2010, nine teams scored points. Yeah. And I, mean, I think for the first time since 2012, I think, what did they say? Seven different teams have scored a podium? Oh, in a season. What, so let's see. Yeah. It's been McLaren, Renault. Well, it's been Everett except for the, for well, the Haas, <laughs> yeah. Haas Williams, and um, Alfa Romeo. So yeah, seven. so seven. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's a lot of history that happened. I mean, yeah. But what else? I think we're forgetting one. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. Well, as you know, I mean, Lewis forgot. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Just crossed the finish line. Did he cross the finish line? He had no idea. Right. He just tied his record with Michael Schumacher. Did he though, Shaker? Did he forget? 
I don't, I I could, don't believe. I don't that. know. If you, I don't know. <laughs> I see how you can like like you're probably not thinking of it during the race. Yeah, but like maybe once you cross the line and after a couple seconds, I could kind of see how you could. Maybe the big sign that said 91 with his and Michael's face <laughs> on it might have jolted his memory, but I'm and not like, sure. At the Russian Grand Prix, when you were gonna like the main headline was you were gonna be you were gonna tie Michael Schumacher and didn't. Mm. That's right. That's right. Anyways, I guess we should say. I just don't know. Congratulations to Lewis Hamilton dying. Yeah. Michael Schumacher's record with 91 wins. Um, I think uh, F1 put out a, a nice graphic on Instagram showing like comparison of how fast they got to the wins and stuff like that. So Michael still beat him in terms of um, the amount of races to get there. I think he beat him by like 10 races. Like it was really, yeah. really, really close. I think I actually have that. I think yeah. I screenshotted it. Let me see if I have. Can like, pull it up. It's really close. Yeah. So it's it's very close. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Twenty. What is it? Fifteen. Fifteen races on the nose. Uh, that Michael did it in shorter time and had another championship in that time. So I mean, the debates there uh, between Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher, and you can kind of think that the in this debate will go on forever. I mean, there's Senna Schumacher. It's right. a, you know like all that. They never raced really each other. Um, I mean, Hamilton did for a little bit. Was it 2012 he did? Yeah. And that was... Yeah, like, so 20... Michael came back in 2010, so yeah, 2010 to 2012. Yeah. Um, Schumacher raced Senna, obviously, not for very long. because. uh, Yeah. But but Michael was kind of like a a very young driver at the time. Well, it was the same with Lewis, kind of, then, right? He was... was, Well, I guess you shouldn't say young. He had a world championship, but... Yeah, but I think what you're trying to say is they never race sort of in their primes, head to head, sort of equal machinery. Like what we had with Vettel and Hamilton. Correct. Like, like Hamilton won that battle. We know Hamilton is a better driver than Vettel. Yeah. In the history of F1. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting debate that will never get solved, I think. Um, yeah. But it's an amazing feat. And obviously, he's going to beat the record, well, maybe next week in Portimao. Um, but it was kind of fitting that he tied the record in Germany, right. uh, you know, at the Nürburgring. The only thing I felt was missing, you know, you just, you just wish Michael could have been there, yeah. um, to, to, you know, present the helmet, obviously Mick presented the helmet, which was a pretty touching moment. I got it. Like, I was like, oh, this is really, really cool yeah. to watch, you know, Mick do this. Um, and Hamilton seemed pretty grateful and, and was pretty amazed by it. I'm sure someone would have you know, told him that that was going to happen or something. But, um, I mean, it was cool. He took it, the helmet on the podium, celebrated with it. I thought it was a really nice, nice touch that Hamilton did to that. But yeah, the only thing that was missing was I just, you just, everyone wished Michael could have been there. So yeah. Cause you know, he probably would have been the, I don't want to say the happiest, but he, he himself, I think said, I think he was quoted as saying that records were meant to be broken and yeah. that, um, and you know, he, he was always a, a great sportsman afterwards in that regard in terms of, Knowing that, yeah, like these records... I mean, to, to be honest with you, though, I never thought that that record would get broken. No. And we've never seen an era like this in, in F1, that's for sure, um, with, with the level of domination that they have. But again, Hamilton has also delivered every season so far, except for, you could say, 2016, when he lost out to Nico Rosberg. He but, still delivered there, and Rosberg just went for it. Yeah, exactly. And it was very Full close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Full sand. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. It came down to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> double points, right? Yeah. That was it double points here? Uh, no, that was 2014. Ah, Couple points here. Oh, I'll say. <laughs> but I, I think that the debate is, to be honest with you, I'll be with the debate. I think is useless because, especially in Formula One, I think that that's a very difficult one to have. I mean, first of all, you're talking about vastly different cars, different eras, 
you know, less races during Michael's time, more races now. I think more commitments nowadays in terms of press, travel, than it was back in Schumacher's days or Senna's days, for example. I mean, a lot more training these days. Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, Michael Schumacher was he sort was of one, one of, of the pioneers. pioneers yeah. 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 Like, you can take it into, I know there's a lot of lot of footy fans out there. You can take it the same way. Like, we're lucky we have Ronaldo and Messi, and the debate will always be there. And you can debate those two because they're playing yeah. in their prime at the exact same time, which is very rare. But, like, if you were to compare Ronaldo to Pele or Messi to Pele, Much you, different can't, era. you can't do that. Yeah. Like, can you compare Messi and Ronaldo, though? They're different. Kind they of are. I, I, we're not gonna, we're, no, no, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I agree with you, and this isn't a soccer podcast. They're completely different players. we got to save anyways. it for one, though. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's the general comparison, right? Like, yes, I, I know. I, I get what well, you're saying. <laughs> and, and here's another one because it all ties into quite a historic Sunday and a weekend in, in where in tennis, Rafael Nadal mm-hmm. equaled Roger Federer's 20 Grand Slam title, which mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I mean, I remember as a kid when I was watching Pete Sampras had 14 Grand Slams and that was like a massive thing. Mm-hmm. Now we got three players that have way more than that and now he's tied the all-time record. So it's the same comparison. Like these two are playing in the same era. You could have that, or three actually, if you count Djokovic. Yeah. Uh, you could count as to who the greatest player is. But even then, it's like... Yeah, that's hard, man. That's hard. Yeah. And then, first of all, everybody's always going to have a bias. Like, I'm a Federer fan, so I'm obviously going to say Federer. I'm a Nadal fan, so I, like, so like, you're I love say, Nadal. Yes. And then if you talk to, in Formula One, like, I came up in Michael's era, so I'm probably going to continue to say that Michael's the mm-hmm. greatest of all time. But I think the discussion going back to Formula One is, if you want to compare the drivers in terms of skill, you have to leave that to... The engineers that have worked with them, fellow drivers that can really analyze their their data, their technique, everything of all that, and then come to a conclusion. From what I've hear, everybody are in that F1 world have said that Senna was the most talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of pure skill, pure raw talent, Senna was the most talented. Um, I think that Lewis and Michael are very similar in terms of intelligence mm-hmm. and how they drive and how good they are technically. Now... You know, qualifying which one's better. Obviously, Lewis has way more pole positions, but again, so like the debate is just like yeah. you could go on all day long. But sure. I think that let's just appreciate the yeah. fact that both of these guys have almost 200. And by the time Lewis is done, both of them together will have more than 200 race victories in F1, which is something insane. And most of us got to see both of them in our lifetimes, which mm-hmm. is really yeah. impressive. Like for us, we're imagine a, that we're younger F1 fans and we can still remember. Um, Shinomaker obviously racing back in our childhood, which you know really drew us in F1. Well, drew me in F1. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know now that we're a little older, it, it's kind of that same effect. You know, we have little kids will be looking up to Lewis Hamilton. You know, we get to appreciate both. And I mean, if you're older and watching, you got to see Senna and you know the '90s, the '80s, and, and all those great drivers, great racing back then. I mean, even better, you really appreciate now like what what those two have done uh, for the, the sport of F1. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable how you can have two two people like that, you know put a manhandle on two separate decades yeah two separate generations of uh, of F one talent mm-hmm. and then you look at it too if if you continue the the conversation as well and you could go into well you know as as drivers you, obviously Michael Schumacher was more of a let's say quote unquote dirty driver aggressive 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 I, I would say I would call it. Michael would do anything and absolutely everything to win. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that Lewis is like that, which isn't a, a bad thing. I, don't, I think it's more of a compliment on Hamilton's no, part. No, because I think Hamilton is more of a level-headed, um, doesn't panic really, and knows that he can get the job done. He's a lot more calm in the, in the seat, um, which is, I mean, not saying that Michael wasn't calm, but he, not as aggressive, not as, yeah. you know, as 
guess, ruthless crashing into people in yeah. championships, right? Like so, that sort of thing. With that in mind, if you put them, you know, you you could pose the question of would Hamilton be able to handle that if he was growing mm-hmm. up, coming up in that era, driving against Schumacher, right? The way that, uh, let's say, Mika Hakkinen was able to. But there's also the debate that you know. Lewis Hamilton doesn't have to be as aggressive as Michael Schumacher. No, he doesn't. He, he can just sit in the first position. Part. So, like, there's there's yeah. multiple layers to yeah. this. Hundred yeah. layers. That, that's exactly the point, and we'd love to hear your comments uh, mm-hmm. uh, down below. You know, who who do you think is the greatest of all time? I, again, I just think that it's almost a useless conversation, yeah. just because you're never going to get a definitive answer. And I and I saw that you know in arguing, a recent. Sorry, arguing for the sake of arguing. Yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah, exactly. I think we should appreciate both drivers. I think so too. And you know, just you know, some people may be arguing for clicks or whatever, but I just think that you know everybody's going to have a bias. Like, it's mm-hmm. if you're a Hamilton fan, you're going to say Hamilton. You know, us, like you said, we came up watching Michael, so we'll say it's Schumacher. But we probably won't ever see. Hmm. Well, you say that. I don't know. I think that now with the schedule, the amount of races that they're tacking on. You know, you guys just mentioned Verstappen, who just turned 23 not too long ago. Like Verstappen has a shout. Guy. I think so. Yeah. I think if you're looking at prospects to to do that, Verstappen's probably the biggest fish in the ocean there that you could go for. Um I think Vettel still has another shot at another championship. Yeah, you do? I personally think Vettel has shot at one more championship. Interesting. I'd agree with that. Interesting. Well, and you you know, that's what's crazy too, right? Is like if you look at Vettel, four time world champion, I believe he has fifty three race victories. Which, like, on its own, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Yeah. 91 wins, seven championships for Michael. Se- well, going to be seven now for Lewis Hamilton. Like, I'm just blown away by the amount. And it almost is like we don't appreciate it as much just because it's like, oh, yeah, like, he's yeah. winning his seventh world championship. But if you win one world championship, you're like a legend of the sport. Oh, right? absolutely. Look yeah. what Nico did. Nico's like, hi, I won one. <laughs> See ya. See ya later. Like, that's all I needed. <laughs> I'm going to YouTube. Like, yeah, I, can, I show the world I'm the best and... That's it, right? So, I I didn't I don't blame Nico. It's a shock to everyone, but I don't blame him. Yeah, I think that's the boss move to do. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think of? I I was seeing this on Twitter in the last sort of couple of days after his race victory. Apparently, some of the older drivers they were mentioning Jackie Stewart in particular. I think Stewart made some comments that Lewis is not in his top three of all time. I think yeah, he ranked like Fangio ahead and. Uh, more of the oh, drivers that no, around there. There's more names, yeah. Yeah, but they were really hating on Jackie Stewart for his opinion, and I was like, I found it very odd that people on Twitter were questioning. Well, not I don't want to say questioning, but it's like Jackie Stewart's a world champion and also one of the legends of the sport, too. It's like, that's the right to have his opinion. I don't think that he's necessarily right or necessarily wrong, but I just think that in that era when it was so dangerous and when he was losing so many friends at that time, mm-hmm. I understand why he says something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that some of the reaction I saw on Twitter, I was just like, woof, geez, like people think that their opinion values more than one of the legends and pioneers of the sport. But what, what do you guys kind of think about that argument of, you know, the older drivers, maybe they have had to take more of the risk and that type of thing? Well, I, yeah, I think I'd say with any sport, though, for the most part, like, I mean, especially auto racing with the safety innovations over the last you know, 10 years 20 years let alone the last 50 years i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah guys yeah we'll see seat belts uh, helmets uh a windshield um tires that could actually you know stay <laughs> on together. the car um so I, I mean the safety innovations have been crazy um i mean you have actual barriers rather than hay bales and like it it's completely different so yeah i would you know would 
you have to have more balls to go racing back in the day? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I I know if I if it was me and I got the chance to drive either a 1950s F1 or a 2020 F1, I'm I'm 2020. Sure, <laughs> 2020 is the one I'm choosing. Yeah, yes, taking the safe the safer one, and you know that's just I think a lot of drivers would would pick that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, if given the option to just sit in a car and not drive I it, I don't know. I would sit in the 1950s one. You think? Absolutely. It'd be a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd want to send the modern one. I don't know, man. I think just the fact that it's fully open, you're literally sitting there like in the car, kind of like this. It's just, it's a fun factor. I think I would, I would, I'd do it. I'd, pr- I'd drive a 50s car around like Paul Ricard. Just like slowly. 100 yards of runoff. Yeah, slowly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just 100% safe, but... I would probably go with like a '90s one, maybe or early okay. 2000s machine, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd sit in any F1 car to be honest with you. It'd be it'd be quite the honor. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, different eras and everything. So I don't know. I just thought uh, I was curious to get what you guys thought because I saw that was kind of making the rounds around Twitter, and I know that uh, it kind of upset Lewis Hamilton. Um, but I don't think that Hamilton should take it so personally. Um, I, I just think that. These legends like like Jackie Stewart coming up in that era was very very different. Yeah. Um. So I think that they have sort of a special connection to those drivers because it was just such a different era. Um. But anyways, um. I think uh, anything else that you guys wanted to add maybe to that uh, go no, debate? No. I think just see what the comments are. If you have comments or or questions or want to create a debate down in the comment section, do it civilly uh, <laughs> below and let us know what you think. Uh, Schumacher or Hamilton, or do you agree with us? And just let them, well, just appreciate what uh, what we got to witness over you know, two, three decades of, of motorsport. Yeah, very pretty special time that uh, we get to be alive witnessing this, not just that, but like you guys mentioned in uh, football as well, mm-hmm. Messi, Ronaldo, and then tennis and basketball as well. So uh, very, very great time for sports. Basketball. Basketball. Well, I mean, you know, you got like LeBron, you have Kobe. LeBron. <laughs> no. It was a championship weekend. I'm just listing no, them off. No, <laughs> not LeBron. Ugh. We should get into that debate too. He's awful. Guys, <laughs> guys, we're talking about practice. Oh, sorry. Practice. <laughs> Talk about practice. <laughs> Not, not at the Eiffel Grand Prix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no practice. No yeah, practice no. there. AI would be perfect at the Eiffel Grand Prix. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on then to uh, other incidents in this race or other points of interest in this race. Let's talk about Daniel Ricciardo. It mm. finally happened. Mm. It was He was knocking on the door, and they finally let him through. There's a lot of Daniel Ricciardo stuff over here. There and, is. And I want to just, just sequence. I, I set this up on purpose oh, to okay. help your, the video that you just put out. Oh, yeah. That yes. is how... Daniel Ricardo's podium helps Fernando Alonso next year. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Do you think uh, do you agree with uh, my assu- my assumption there? I do. I do. I think that does it does help Alonso out. I think it brings a lot of confidence to the Renault team, uh, which will be this this might be the one and only podium for Renault. So they're going to be Alpine. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're going to be Alpine. You got me. Year. You got me there. Um, but uh, no, I, I thought it was huge for Renault. It's a huge confidence booster. I mean, they thought they were going to get this podium back in like 2017. So uh, for it to finally happen, uh, good for them. And good for Danny Rick. First time since Monaco when he won in 2018. And that fantastic drive. Yeah. And uh, he had another. Uh, so no, I think it's huge. And Alonso, I mean, this is whole, all good for the development of Renault. I think the morale is, is, is probably the biggest thing out of that. 
Yeah, and uh, if you guys haven't checked out that video, it's on uh, linked in the homepage of our channel, and uh, we also got the article up on our website if you uh, want the transcript of it. I I was gonna say I think this just sucks for Esteban Ocon. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> Esteban. No. No, but you're right. It really does. It's, I think this is like just puts them in a worse situation for next year. Because um, now we put out this, you know, we've said that there's only nine teams, uh, you know, nine teams won, uh, got points this weekend. Um, Okana has not been anywhere like close to the top 10. And when he's made it, he's been like, what, 10th, like ninth? Yeah, I don't know how many points does he have this year. Uh, he sits, I believe, 11th in the Drivers' Championship. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Maybe I just hate on him too much. Yeah, you're not. You're definitely not Ocon. You still have PTSD yeah. about. Hey, uh, hey. I just. I don't know, man. I'm just never. He's innocent. Been a big fan of him. <laughs> I think you're wrong. He's innocent. So he. Wrong, I'm gonna move on before this gets explosive <laughs> here. Uh, so he sits 12th in the drivers' championship at 36 points. It's not awful. I mean, he has more than some. He has more than Vettel. <laughs> so. It's not really saying much, oh, yeah. though. So does Nico Hulkenberg. No, Hulkenberg is, is, is below Vettel, yeah. I believe. Not if he keeps filling in for... Well, let's see. Hulkenberg's got 10 points. He's close, man. Vettel's got 17. So, And Hulkenberg's done two races, uh, which we're going to get to Nico later. So don't think that we forgot about him. No, yeah, definitely so, not. I mean, that's still not a great stat. They're, so that's still... You know, to me, that's the worst set of the three because Vettel, I just don't think doesn't care anymore he's just having fun <laughs> i've said i've said this before on the podcast podcast i think he's just having fun this year i think he's kind of decided that he's gonna he's he's gone you know yeah so but i yeah no sorry go ahead i was just gonna say um i think that Ocon, like remember how hyped up he was in in 2018 yeah and we were saying like yeah like you should have a seat and everything and all that hype's just kind of really really died down this year i, I think you gotta give him it's it's like another rookie year almost. No, that's like, I, I'm not putting him away or anything like that. I'm just saying that the position he's thrown into, where like well, Daniel Ricciardo is one of the most underrated drivers. Like guys, he's he's a world champion he if he has though? the car. Yeah, I think so. You think he's underrated? The, yeah, absolutely. Wow. In the F1 community, like people forget, they're like, oh yeah, like he left Red Bull because he's afraid of Verstappen and he's hiding from him. I'm like, he's oh. the last driver to beat Max Verstappen. Yeah. and he's a world champion, man. I mean, go back to the races that he's won. Go back to China, China 2018. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, that was good. I don't know. I think Monaco 2018 was his best drives ever. It's it's definitely it's up, up there. there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just think that he to just hasn't had the car. car to the finish line. Yeah, and balls of steel. Behind him, like. Yeah. So I I think that he's grossly underrated uh, in, in F1. Hmm. And then I think that you look at Ocon though. It's like okay, Ricardo leaves, and then Fernando Alonso is coming in. That's a tough guy to deal with on and off the track. I mean, it's good mentoring for him though. He's gonna learn a lot. Uh, hopefully, he'll sure. learn a lot. Um, trial by fire yeah yeah no it will be but i don't know it'll be interesting uh it, you know with alonso coming back and how renault would still develop next year and look towards 2022 can you know, alonso kind of help them steer their car in the right direction like it's it's very intriguing and alonso is really really involved already into, yeah, into this whole process so like he's committed you can tell that he has passion for it which i think is huge for renault because i didn't really sense that with mclaren that alonso is really invested in the team um, I don't think he was invested in the engine. Yeah, well, maybe it was that. Um, and that's an outsider's point of view, right? I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. I'm probably completely wrong. Um, but that's just what I noticed. And, and you can really sense something different with Renault. He's like, he has that 
not that passion, but the you know like the drive to make this team great again, better. Maybe it's because he sees upside in Renault. He didn't see any in McLaren. I don't. Yeah, it could be a possibility too. Yeah, no, I think there's something to it too. And I made the comment as well that he just looks like really refreshed, mm-hmm. like yeah. ready to attack. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove to everybody that I'm still one of the greats, which I think that he is. Um, the fact that he has only two world championships, he should probably have at least four or five. But he possibly might have finally made the right career move if 2022 comes around and things are looking good for Renault or Alpine and then McLaren and Aston Martin as being teams that could possibly start winning races with the new regulations. So I'm excited. It's going to be good. I'm glad that he's back in the sport. Mm -hmm. I know some people were upset. They wanted the junior drivers to come in, but I like Alonso. The the prospect guys of Alonso versus Verstappen and Vettel and Hamilton, maybe. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I like, I... Yes, a lot of the younger guys should come in, but we also have to remember that there's a lot of young drivers in F1 at the moment as well. There's, you know, we, we have at least... Youngest grid ten, in history, I believe. Yeah, so, like, we have, like, 10 to 15, like ten to 12 drivers under the age of 25. You're right. So, I mean, that's a pretty young grid that we're looking at, so... Yeah, and I think that some of the driver academy, you know, like uh, Guan Yu Zhu, uh, that Tyler, you always uh, mention in F2... He hasn't done well this year, though. Yeah, he's not ready yet. You know, he's he's not exactly at that point. Uh, Jack Aitken is another one, which not ready yet. Yeah, so he's I, there though. Like, like I watch a lot of. I love watching F two. I do. I love watching feeder series. I do this in NASCAR too. I watch the Xfinity series. That's mm. the the B series there, just because you get to see a lot of this the, the young talent. Yeah, maybe it's from my time of covering junior hockey. I don't know. Just watching the younger younger kids. Sometimes it's more exciting. Yeah, I, you know what? You're right. Sometimes it is, and uh, the only. Like the only guys I see that are ready, one Nick DeFries probably should have had a seat this year. Um, he's out racing WEC, I believe, right now, World Endurance Championship. Yeah, um, not sure how he's doing. Um, the only two I see ready are are Ilot and and I don't I think Ilot could use another year in F one and F two, and uh, and Mick and I and I still think Mick could use another year in F two. But I think those if you're looking at two that are ready to yeah. go. Those are the two. Schwartzman will really benefit from one more year at F2 since he just came up from F3, I believe, uh, if I'm right. I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, I mean, and two years in F and F2 would do him well as well. So, I mean, I don't know. Then you put Schwartzman into Kimi Seed in 2022. Yeah, that's that's kind of sort of how I would do it if I was Ferrari because they got a lot. Ferrari has the biggest stack of, of academy drivers. They got the, the bread right now. Yeah, the yeah. brightest upside, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know Renault probably two, and then kind of trickle down effect from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know Ferrari has a lot of good young talent coming up right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We also got to remember there there's a, still a lot of drivers on the grid. You know who are not also not on the grid like Nico Hulkenberg from oh, this weekend. Great transition. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, no, Carlos Sainz fell. <laughs> Carlos Sainz fell? Carlos Sainz fell. I'm That's not going right. to try and do this from la- I don't remember <laughs> yeah. last time. Who did you knock down last week or last time? I, last, uh, I think I l- knocked down Mika Hakkinen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all right. No. Uh, yes, Nico Hulkenberg. Oh, my God. What a weekend this was for, for Hulk. But I tuned in. What what day was it? Was it qualifying on Saturday? And they're like, breaking news. I see this Porsche driving in. They're like, Nico Hulkenberg is here. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Shaker's got a coffee. He's He's, he's ready for his call. Oh, because <laughs> Nico, he was in a coffee shop when he got this call. Again? Having, having a sh- coffee with his buddy. I think that was the story in uh, Silverstone, yeah, yeah. too. So he was having a coffee with his buddy. And he was heading down. He was explaining this. He, he was heading no, down. I thought he was already at 
the F F one because he was doing he was doing some sort of broadcast for Germany. No, no, he something. was going to be on his way. Oh, but he's getting grabbing coffee with a buddy in Col- uh, I might get Cologne. the city wrong. I think it was Cologne, yeah. but I might that might be wrong. No, you're right because I think that's where he lives. Oh, okay, yeah. perfect. So he was grabbing coffee with a buddy there, and that's when he got the call. But he was getting ready to head to the track to work for German TV, <laughs> and uh, I guess how to how to get going. So I mean, good thing they had a seat ready for him. I, I kind of feel bad for Stoffel Van Dorn. I don't know if you saw his tweet afterwards. Do you see Stoffel's tweet? No, no. I didn't. Oh, okay. At, uh, if we can pull it up, oh, yeah, it'd be sure, great. I'll pull it up. Was um, he? Is who is the reserve driver? Is Stoffel. it Stoffel? Oh, that's the Stoffel's the Mercedes in general reserve driver. Oh man! Uh, and I, I felt bad for him, but uh, I mean, Nico already knows the car, so it's an obvious kind of pick yeah. for for Nico to I mean, go into the racing. In Germany, car. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> so if you scroll down, uh, no, keep going. Sorry. That, that one right there. This yeah, one, this one right oh, here. Oh, I think I did see this, yeah. Um, Stoffel Van Oren tweeted, uh, caught it is then, have fun at Nico Hulkenberg. And it's him <laughs> in the paddock, in his Mercedes gear, playing caught on his laptop. He's a good sport. Yeah, he is a good sport, but like, poor Stoffel. Yeah. <laughs> poor Stoffel. Well, I wanted to see Stoffel race. I like Stoffel. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty good choice of, uh, of drivers that you have in reserve. Yeah. But yeah, that's so crazy, man. Like, you just... And I think that... Um, his helmet, like he didn't even have his helmet, no, but I think they Renault had one at the, tra- at the track. They had his Renault helmet. Yeah. I don't know how he, well, maybe that's what he had with him. He just had his Renault helmet. It was like, oh, I'll take this. You no, know, I think I was reading that at the Nürburgring or somebody was carrying it with them. And it like that just happened to be there, which is why it was the yellow one and not the pink one that yeah. he used. But yeah, it's like, imagine you just wake up that morning. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go down, broadcast RTL, should be a good race. And then you end up racing oh, also thinking oh maybe i'll get some practice in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. no practice for no you nico because no. No. <laughs> he didn't even do like q or you didn't q3. get qualifying at all eh? uh, that's what... practice for pe- uh, oh, practice okay. three sorry that's what yeah. i was trying to say <laughs> but uh, yeah his first lap was q1 q1 like uh, someone posted uh on reddit the first lap he did in Q1 via the last lap he did in Q1, and it was a four-second difference in oh, 10 wow. minutes. Oh, Four-second difference in 10, in 10 minutes of, yeah. of running time. Well, and wasn't... I th- believe he was less than a second off of Perez, he was too. Point two seconds. Yeah. Oh, uh, Perez, sorry. He was pointing yeah. out of uh, Q2. Q2, yeah. Which was... I mean, man, that guy is incredible. He, We've been saying this, but I think that it's time to officially launch the Nico Hulkenberg to Red Bull yeah, campaign. If there, again, I think we said it when he raced the other week. Every time we hear talk about Nico, <laughs> if there's one person that deserves a seat in F1 right now, it is Nico Hulkenberg. And it should be Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> should be Red Bull. Yeah, Nico Hulkenberg deserves a goddamn podium. <laughs> P20 to P8. That's that's insane. No practice. Just coming in like, hey, how's it going, boys? <laughs> just just having a coffee. I thought I'd come in and help you guys out, you know? Imagine he got, like, plastered the night before. Oh, yeah, just, like, just like... He could have. Right. <laughs> you don't know. He's like, oh, shit, press the wrong button. <laughs> Hangover coffee. Yeah. Oh, like, that's that's ridiculous, I man. think that's one of the best drives in F1. Uh, yeah, in F1 history? Maybe. It's up there. F1 history, yeah. It's up there. It's up there. I, I mean, think it is. I would say Vettel's last year at Germany, uh, l- last year at Germany from P20 to P4 in the rain. P2. P2? P2. But like, Probably one of the best drives. But he had like drive. three practice sessions, bro. Yeah. That's, I'm like talking like yeah, disqualified. the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it was hey, kind of wet. Factors. It almost rained. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was going to rain. They were saying, well, I mean, I mean, rain I was, a lot. I was hoping but, for rain. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. And again, if this happens with Red Bull, I called this last year. Yeah, so. you did. You did. I'll have to dig it up in the archives. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, it, listen to us, Red Bull. Just just bring Nico. You get that driver. You can have Albon as as a as a Alpha Tori driver. You get. Nico I, there to challenge with with Max. Nico gets a podium. Ah, it's just there. Ah. You know what? I personally ah. think that having Alex Albon and Pierre and Pierre Gasly both at AlphaTauri would probably be good for them. They're yeah. both they're, they're both confident great. with the Honda. I guess it won't be Honda next year, but you know they're no, they have no next year. Okay, yes, it's one year more after. year. Yeah, so they're both confident right. with the engine. I think they do yep. pretty well <laughs> in both cars, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Pretty sure. <laughs> What's like, confusing? It's end of 2021. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, year. I figured. Like, I like, would not leave Red Bull to deal with a new engine for like, hey, like three months. Three months, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, I thought that was right. I was 98 percent sure, and I was like, "What if yeah. I'm wrong and I look like an idiot right now?" That's uh, if you confuse the years. You're like, "Wait, what year are they leaving again?" Um, but yeah, you bring up Alex Albon, and we got to talk about Albon. Yeah, but poor Albon. man, this, I mean, so many people were saying like, you know, famous last words of. They raced me so hard. Oh, I know. I hate. Uh, you shouldn't have said that. That's uh, that's the one that I think that I. I don't mean. I don't know if it's gonna bite him in, in the ass um, later on. But Brundle roasted him on Sky Sports right away. He's like, "Yeah, Alex is F one. Yeah, welcome like, to Formula oh, One." Jeez, oh, Martin, just roast the kid. Well, you know, was I don't know when the team radio actually came in, but if it was at the time when they broadcasted it, it's like he sent a dive bomb into Gasly, locked up both wheels, almost took him out of the race. And then he's like, they raced me so hard. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> and then the one on Kvyat too. I mean, that was, that was just poor judgment. Yeah. It just wasn't clear of, of Kvyat and Kvyat was kind of like, what? what happened there? I think I, th- yeah, I think it just makes it that much worse that it's against, you know, Alpha Tori, which is the B team. That <laughs> looks more. I no for sure, but I mean compare you know comparing Red Bull to Alpha Tour, right. it is still their B team. Um, but yeah, no, I, like you said, not anymore. If if you're gonna have that against you know what is supposed to be your B team, you gotta have your secondary driver step up, man. You can't go from a podium to that. Well, and look at who flew under the radar at the Nurburgring. It was Pierre Gasly P six? Yeah, yeah. So it's like. And I, I know that there's always a thing between them because they replaced each other in that sense. Well, it's but the same with the Kvyat uh, Verstappen thing. Every time Kvyat gets demoted, it's Verstappen once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he always races him extra hard personally. But that was tough, man. I, I really thought that after Mugello that, okay, like this was the 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 race that was going to turn it around and then we we're going to see Albon closer. And then came in Russia, was way off the pace again, way down in the grid. And then this one too is just like, Completely flat spotted the tires on the first lap. They had to bring it in early again, which has happened so many times this year. Completely takes him out of the race. Then he has the incident with Kafiat. Then he has the one with Gasly. And then that team radio was just brutal. He's brutal. Young. He's young. He's got to groom. Just like Red Bull has to groom their young kids right now. Him and Gasly should be, like you said, Shaker at Alpha Tour together. Just let them groom, have a couple more years of experience, and then move them up. You know, as they go, they're not not everyone's gonna be Max Verstappen. You're just hopping a Red Bull, and right? Go get well, podiums. I was just about to say, like he managed to put a fastest lap in with you know fresh tires, not warmed up or anything. And the biggest complaint this weekend was not having warm enough tires. If your driver can do that, and your secondary driver is just not doing it, there's mm-hmm. got to be something going on, man. Like, so yeah, Nico Hulkenberg for. <laughs> For Red Bull. It would be an amazing driver yeah. partnership. And I yeah. think Helmut Marco said that 
uh, you know, n- nobody can get within three tenths of max. And he's like, well, Al Bonking has been kind of doing that. And I'm like, well, if you put Nico Hulkenberg in there, I think that, okay, he probably might not match Max Verstappen. But he'll give the fight that they need, right? Like, they Yeah, but his race two. pace will be there. Yeah. yeah, You know, he'll be fourth maybe. It's because, yeah, they don't need another driver to be winning championships and winning races. They need a driver to be supporting the team. They need a... They I need hate a the, Valtteri. I yes. <laughs> read my mind. <laughs> That's a better way of saying it because I was going to like, I was hating myself for saying this, but I was like, they need a Mark Weber, And I was like, oh, oh. Uh, Mark, I want him to have a championship. Yeah. They need like, a Rubens Barrichello. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah. That's better. Because... Nico's gonna be happy with a podium. Oh, like yeah. Well, he's never had one. Like <laughs> shit, he might retire after podium, he gets the podium. Good. Like 2022, they turn up in Australia. Nico Hulkenberg, first he's career good. podium. All right, guys, I'm retiring. He's gonna be the Rosberg of podiums. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. You, with his luck, though, like his car would just be dog shit, and then he wouldn't get a podium either. No, no, he has to get one. I, yeah. I think he could do it. I, I, you know why I say that because. Daniel Ricciardo transferred over to Renault the year afterwards, dealing with the same engine, similar car style, you know, similar car. And Nico Hulkenberg was still putting in a fight, matching Daniel Ricciardo and beating him. Putting that into a Red Bull and transferring some of those skills. Mm -hmm. This man raced a car with no practice. (laughs) I think it'll happen. I hope so. It's got to be Nico. It's it's the fit that just works. Yeah. Because like, where else would he fit in? Like, because he's going to get a drive next year. Someone's going to hire him next year. It's it's got. Where else does he fit in? The only other team that I can see hiring him is Williams. Well, I've heard that rumor oh, too. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. That this because George Russell moved. Crazy George rumor. Russell. Oh, like, but because Nicholas Latifi signed on for two years. No, yeah. so this was. I was telling Tyler this. I think you were out of the room, and I was telling him that I heard a crazy rumor that Nikita Mazepin, the F two driver who has a very rich dad, seems common in Formula One nowadays. Mm. Uh, is interested in not buying Haas, but putting major investment in Haas, which would then lead to his son getting a seat. Remember Mazepin was in the discussion to purchase Racing Point or Force India at the time during the consortium. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And it ended up being uh, Lauren Stroll. So that would happen. So then they put Mazepin and Haas, and I believe that they said Ilot would go to Haas as well. So they'd have the two young drivers. And then they would put, I believe, I believe, I think it was Nico Hulkenberg to Williams in place of George Russell. Like it was something crazy along those lines. And where would George go? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, he'd take a Nico oh, or dude, a Esteban Ocon sabbatical. I don't know. Anyways, it's it's just rumor. It's a crazy yeah, one. Nice, I think it's man. BS to be honest well, with you. Well, hold on. Let's get the silly season going out here. If you um, if you want to find it, I will pull it up. I did some research, guys, because what really strikes me is that. Why the hell was Helmut Marco and Red Bull in general actually so defensive of Alex Albon? That's totally uncharacteristic of them. I mean, remember they dropped Gasly so quickly. They dropped Kvyat. So I did some research. I'm like, okay, I know Alex Albon. He's a great driver. He's got a lot of potential. Very nice young man. But why are they defending him so hard when they know? I found George Russell's seat. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is inside with Mercedes. So maybe he's <laughs> We're going down this road again. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, so... I looked at as to why maybe they're trying to protect him so much, and I found possibly the reason why. Red Bull. Remember we had this conversation in the last podcast about the origins of Red Bull in Thailand? Mm. So I found out that 51% of Red Bull is owned by a Thai billionaire. Ah. So I don't know if that Thai billionaire has any personal funding towards Alex Albon, but in my opinion, it makes complete sense why they want to keep Alex Albon in the main team. So, Mm. so... Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't, to the Thai billionaire, does not have a direct investment into Alex Albon, but Thailand itself is invested in Alex Albon. They absolutely are. 
Yeah, that's why he took over the Thai nationality. Yeah. Because he gets more sponsorship and support and money. Well, yeah, rather than racing racing from Britain. And Which has a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's probably one of the main reasons why Red Bull is so adamant that they want to keep Alex Albon. Uh, I could be wrong. It could be because they really see, uh, they've learned from their mistakes of dropping drivers so quickly. But I just think that when we get back to the Hulkenberg discussion, Red Bull, they can't keep doing this like this because they need that second car. George Russell and Nicholas Latif are both confirmed for Williams next year. Yeah, yeah. I figure that was so the that case. Will not happen. Sergio Perez is also confirmed for Racing Point for three years, though. So, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> I think after they screwed Perez oh, like that's that, another I don't... person that's not going to have a drive next year. Yeah, that's another guy we forgot about, right? Oh man, Sergio. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we need more teams that have fun. How do I? Well. <sighs> I, I think I think more teams being added to F one it's going to be unlikely in the next few years. Teams being bought yeah. out is very much a possibility because of what's COVID do what what COVID's doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, not just that, but I mean, I think we haven't really touched too much on the Honda exit. Uh, I think the story kind of broke in between race weekends, but we're going to be down to three engine manufacturers, and with no changes coming until twenty twenty six. I highly doubt any new manufacturer is going to come in. And the only rumor I've heard is Porsche. Porsche, yeah. Porsche coming in with Red Bull. Yeah. Which would be uh, pretty, if you think about it, uh, that partnership makes sense. So, no, I've heard that Porsche would not do that. Oh, okay. Well, because well, never mind. <laughs> apparently Porsche is fully invested. Porsche and the Volkswagen Group are fully invested into electronic vehicles after their whole scandal a few years back. Right. As well as into their fully electronic, like, e- like e-racing. Mm. Well, so see, that's what I've heard about Volkswagen and Porsche. I mm. think that's true, too, because I think a lot of companies want to... You know, for good PR, they want to go down that way because mm. that's what Honda said was their reason for exiting F1. But I call bullshit on that because they committed to IndyCar and those are turbo hybrid. It's still combustion engines. So I just think F1's too two expensive. different. They're two different groups, though. Honda right. America yeah. and Honda, like they're two completely different identities. Right. That's but, that's a good point. Cause um, I also heard that IndyCar might be getting a third manufacturer. Really? Yeah, I did hear that. Hmm. I don't know who, but I did hear that. Interesting. Ferrari was the rumor. Um, Lewis Hamilton doesn't have a seat next year, right? He does not. So the rumor I heard about that is apparently he's bought a team that's not F1, and he's going to be he's starting like, a he, racing series. Yes, he's like a racing series or something like yeah. that. So he's apparently going to be concentrating a lot on that next year as well. So that's we might not know what happens with Lewis Hamilton at the end of this year. Hmm. I mean, he's most likely going to come back. Like, I mean, let's be real. Can't just leave it. Nico Hulkenberg to Mercedes. <laughs> what? This is turned no, into a TMZ I'm, edition yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest, if any, if Lewis Hamilton <laughs> leaves, this like throws everything. Oh, Max, geez. Max is gone. Yeah. Well, like I hundred percent. This is that. That's gonna throw a curveball into everybody's every team's plans because no, know, that's gonna be a mess if well, that happens. Imagine Red Bull though. Like I feel, I kind of feel bad for Red Bull because it seemed like they were starting to really build something with Honda. Oh, do, like yeah. Is it, Max if Max is off a Mercedes seat? Is he gonna want to stay with no engine manufacturer for twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? Red Bull not performing. Yeah. And having to figure all this stuff out again. Oh, man, it's just... And then imagine he goes on to Mercedes and then wins a handful of championships and you're just sitting at Red Bull. I mean, they could even well, leave could the sport. could have been. <laughs> they could leave the sport. Yeah, that's an option too, right? So, because they're not going to really change... I mean, this is like the big sort of 
turning point in F1. It's like, okay, the re- engine regulations go until 2026. But what the hell do they do after that? Mm-hmm. Because this turbo hybrid system, it's too complicated. It's too expensive. And quite honestly, if we're talking about North American fans, like people aren't going to understand the technology. But it's very cool. Yeah, We understand a little bit about it. And some of that technology is in current road cars. But to be honest with you, like I don't think that F1 should really give a shit about what goes... I know that it's road car manufacturers that are in F1, but I think you have to separate the racing side with the road car side and say, why don't we just go with a cheaper, naturally aspirated V8, V10? I'm still on the V10 team. Still pushing for V10s. Because I think overall, Honda and whatever engine manufacturer as a company have a certain... like. Um, like footprint that they can do in a yearly basis, and I think probably doing that with the with you know doing the road cars and as well doing F one probably puts them right at the limit of what they can produce in a year. Yeah, if they keep counted all together, in I, that I, sense? I don't know. This is, yeah. I, this is me just making an assumption, but like that would be my guess because that would be the only reason I could see like you know why Honda would want to step out, you know, because yeah. they are doing a lot for electronic vehicles and mm-hmm. they are doing a lot for you know just in general. So yeah, we also have to consider the fact that Honda's done this about four times before. So I think a lot of it is financial, and I don't know, maybe they see something in the future that they don't like. You know, I personally um, just think nobody can compete with Mercedes, so who wants to I think that's spend part of money? it, too. Yeah. yeah. And if, again, do we really think it's going to end with the new regulations? Man, I don't know. There's a lot of smart people at that team. Yeah. I mean, you remember Tim's stat from a few weeks ago that Mercedes invested, you know, what, to what, $250 million on their PR or something, where other companies could never come close to that amount, and they made that made back their money and then <laughs> yeah. some. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that was that, a wild like, Just on PR. <laughs> If you haven't yeah. checked that interview out, go check it out too. We uh, chatted with Tim Hiraney from uh, TSN and a former Canadian race car driver himself. Um, it was a great interview, uh, hour and a half long or so. Uh, make sure you check that out. For He had some really good insight on that that sort of uh, talk that you were saying, Shaker, with, with Mercedes and how they're so dominant. Yeah. He's done yeah. a lot of one-on-one interviews with, you know, Lewis Hamilton yeah. and Ricardo. Um, I think he just finished doing an interview with Nicholas Latifi the day yeah. that we talked to him. So yeah, like he he's very well informed and got a lot of personal you know personal information. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. a fun one mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that that I think does it for that discussion. Um, the future of F one, uh, the, the all the all in a cloud. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, it's, yeah, it's interesting. exactly. Because it's I don't want to be very pessimistic to say that it could be in jeopardy. Because mm. who knows? Mm-hmm. Again, I think the problem is just more its expenses. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah. know they're bringing in the budget cap, but it's like it's still really expensive. Two hundred million dollar entry fee just for a new team. They're trying though. They're trying yeah. their best, and you gotta, you got to give. Um, oh, I can't think of their the name. Who owns it? Liberty. Jeez. Oh yeah, yeah. Mustache gotta, man. Yeah, mustache. <laughs> you got to give Liberty credit. They're trying their best. So they are. They have done a lot of positive things though. Yeah. So, um, but. It's good news that these midfield teams like Renault, McLaren, Aston Martin for next year, they look like they're they're really starting to gain full head of steam. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not going to have a formula in which all 10 teams will compete for a championship. But if we can make it to have at least three or four or maybe even five, That'd be great. It's, it's what we yeah. want to see. And then after that, who wins the championship if it's Mercedes for the next five years? But at least it's close. I don't care. Yeah. I just want it to be close. Yeah. Or add, you know, add three drivers per team. Uh, we went over this last time, though. I remember it was two thirty, because I suggested this. I suggested this, 
and then I immediately debunked myself. So because you can't fit <laughs> thirty cars, you in can't a, do it. It doesn't start, work, yeah. and a financial doesn't work. I debunked myself like two seconds after I thought of it. Hmm. So yeah, we can't do that. Can't do Unfortunate, that. but oh well. But what? <laughs> but but <laughs> make the track what if you do wider. Have the money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just give everybody loans for a couple of years yeah. and figure it out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the only other couple things I just wanted to give honorable mentions mm. to. Uh, we talked a little bit about Roman Grosjean, who is obviously sometimes the butt of our jokes on this podcast. But number one with his left with index his, finger. Is it left? Yeah. Left. I really wish it was his middle finger. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> but no, he got gravel from Kimmy. Kimmy tried to kill him and uh, almost broke his finger <laughs> and persevered. A joke, all jokes aside, I'm so happy Roman Grosjean yeah, got some I'm points. Yeah, I'm very happy that, like, he got one. Yeah. Made my race. I was like, yes. I'm happy for Haas. Yeah, me too. It's Gives awesome. him some hope. <laughs> Gives us some hope. <laughs> but I, I love Grosjean. So, I mean, that was actually, we, he's the butt of our jokes. So it's because we love him. He's yeah. like, yeah. like, you wouldn't want F1 without Grosjean. No, he's a great guy too. Yeah. And and excellent for the team. You know, it's it's he's done a lot for Haas. Yeah. And, and he's helped them a lot too as well. So even though sometimes he does give us a good laugh, um, he, he's an excellent driver. And his teammate, Kevin Magnuson, he's been lightning on the starts this year. Mm. Yeah, he was really good. Off the start. I loved his battle with Fettel. I think that was great, hard, fair racing. I loved how yeah. he kind of sent it up the inside into, I think it was turn three after. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all clean. They bumped wheels, but but I thought it was fine. So a good drive from him. Um, Kimi Reich. Yeah, so go ahead. Actually, I was just about to say it was nice to see two, uh, two world championship uh, winners uh, racing against each other again. Yeah. Mm. You don't get to see that often. <laughs> so you talked about the fact that Vettel's just having fun, but what the hell was that spin? Yeah, He's that having weird. fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, just trying to drift around some corners. Like, he can't do that with an F1 car anymore next no. year. He's got to be serious. <laughs> I'm convinced it's the car. I'm convinced that just Ferrari just give him a crap car. It's like Bonato just pulled the steer, man, like, yeah. pulled the handbrake. But Charles Leclerc can do it. Yeah, I know. They're Did just trying to make also... Vettel look bad. That's my conspiracy. I don't know what it is, but it, it's, it's just really weird. It, like, I think Brundle was saying, like, oh, is the started to rain there and some of the raindrops? It's like, no, no. I mean, he just, I, I don't know what it was. And, but he, but even know. so, but like nobody else spins like that. Yeah, I know. It was really weird. I, I, don't, I don't even know how, how you do that. It's, he didn't do it in any of the other laps. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird spin. It's Very strange. F- full send. Full, <laughs> full send mode is on. Full send mode is on. He's signed to a car, doesn't yeah. need to worry about anything. Before he wasn't signed, he still needed to try a little bit. I'll tell you who else was in full send mode. Kimi Raikkonen sent mm. George other, Russell to Mars. The other one that's oh, just that one scared me a little bit. <laughs> that was a bad one. That was a bad one. Yeah, but I mean, like, deserved the penalty. Lunge was all right. He just caught a little bit of oversteer. Got into Russell. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's like I, there's not much you can do to avoid no, that. I personally just, I at first thought it was going to be just be a racing incident. There's three cars going into a corner, man. Yeah. It's it's a difficult situation to be in. Especially that uh, corner. Like, that's a tough turn one. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, no, I, no, I was just going to say a penalty to me was justified. I mean, he took him out of the race, yeah. damaged yeah. his car. Yeah, so. that's, that's, that's what I was for. Uh, McLaren, unfortunate weekend for one driver, but, you know, still managed to get points at the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Racing Point, the only team to have two two cars in the top 10. Two yep. cars score points. Yeah. Racing Point. Now that Danny Rick's got his podium, the next one I want is Sergio Perez. Because he's been knocking on the door all year long. Yeah, his last podium was the same year as Daniel Ricciardo yeah. as well. So Baku. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and then after that, okay, so if we get Perez one, this is great. We never really had this situation in the last like 
It's so awesome. I think it's great. It's great that we can have these midfield drivers like, hey, who wants yeah, a podium? The next four, there's four more races left, right? Or three? Five. Five? Algarve, Ebola, the two yeah. Bahrain, and Abu Dhabi. Right? Is that, am I missing one? So I think there's 17 races on the calendar, so six. So Turkey. Turkey, right. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. So half the races that we are going to, a lot of the drivers haven't raced in. So that's right. interesting. Yeah. Uh, can't wait. Um, you know, so that, yeah, that should be great. Those have been the most exciting races this year and all provided the most interesting podiums. To be honest with you, I'll throw one out there that you might not expect. Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, he could, <laughs> he could get a podium. That's right. Do you imagine saying that last year? I know. Um, who else? Who else would you want to see get a podium that hasn't had one yet? I mean, Alcon, I guess, yeah. Are we, are we talking... No. Re- <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, we'd like kidding. to see a Haas get one. Yeah, or like, are we talking realistic or fantasy <laughs> ones? Well, fantasy, any of the bottom six guys. Yeah. Realistically, I want Albon to get one. Another. Well, he's had one this year. No, but I want him to get another one just for self-confidence. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay that's fair. That's fair. I think, um, yeah, I think I would rank it, uh, I'd, I'd want Fettel to be the next, mm. Sergio Perez, and then... Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my top one, too. I was honestly going to say it earlier, but I want Nico Hulkenberg to come in again for someone, another team and get a podium. Have, like, uh, somebody, like, lick... Lance Stroll's next COVID test swab, <laughs> and then uh, Nico Hulkenberg yeah, the, can slot right in again. And hey, then... he tested negative three times. Nico did, right? No, Lance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. it wasn't I COVID. Had, I think he's just sick. He just had a, he just he had had a, a cold club. or yeah, something, yeah. probably. You know, I think Altmaier literally said he's like, he's had a lot of diarrhea or something yeah. like that. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I didn't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> you just say he has a stomach flu, man. in Germany. Yeah. yeah. Just tell, just let me know he has a stomach flu. That's, yeah. that's, all that's no more details on that. So, well, who was the? Um, oh, it was Kimmy. But he was like, uh, oh. Kimmy, you missed. You missed the presentation. Like, yeah, I was having a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Brundle's like, huh? He didn't know what to do with that. One <laughs> of uh, the greatest Kimmy clips ever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, was, there was another good Kimmy clip. It's like, Kimmy, how do you keep the tire so warm on the track? You drive fast. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, more you yeah. know. The more, yeah. Can be right. Legend. Um, we get him get on a podium. Not realistic, but yeah. I mean, that'd be that'd be great as well. Yeah. I there that that would probably be my uh, my top three for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it could happen. We've had other than the championship battle, which has kind of sucked this year. We've had a great battle behind them for Guys, podium places. Yeah. I'm gonna put George Russell as my number one. <laughs> that would be great. He needs to get a point first, though. <laughs> tell you what, he's closing in his on the point's record. It's going to be that podium. <laughs> he is closing on the record. Which is Chasing not... Luca Bador, who I think what was it, 52 race starts without a points finish. Poor George. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So, is this going to be his second year in a row without points? Yeah. I always forget if it were Kubica or him who got the points. Kubica got one last year. Yeah, for, through penalties and everything. I'm still banking on Latifi's going to be the first one for Williams. I think this he year. might. He was close again this race. It was like, because yeah. he was in 12th at one point. I was like, you know what? I could see two cars, midfield cars, wrecking each other, and all of a sudden he's in 10th. <laughs> I'm like, oh. It's just the pace isn't there. I mean, he's within three tenths of George in qualifying. He had a better first run in Q1. Um, so he, he's right there. So I just hope that Williams next year or 2022, they'll have a much better car. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that, I don't know, it's just Russell's just had the bad luck. You yeah. 
Like Latifi, I think has has gotten the highest finishes for Williams this year just because of the fact it. that he stayed in the race and then was able to, uh, you know, I mean, outlast. Latifi yeah. still gets an award at the end of this year. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. That's right. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> love it. We love it. Uh, all right. He was getting it since day one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you still have to earn it. Does Nico count? Hulkenberg? Yeah. Rookie of the year? No. All, okay, all so. of a sudden he comes back uh, for rookie of the year? Yeah. Comeback of the year, I guess. Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, anything else from the Eiffel Grand Prix? No, still a weird name. Thought it was in Paris. What? Um, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> the Eiffel uh, Mountains. I questioned it Eif- so many yeah. t- Eiffel Mountains. And actually, you know why? But why not just Fun like fact, Marburg or... Hockenheim owns the naming rights to German Grand Prix. What? Yeah, that's right. So that's why they couldn't call it the German Grand Prix. That's a weird stat. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mind the name. I would have called it European Grand Prix, but... Yeah. So can we get the rights for Canadian Grand Prix? I, I mean, <laughs> probably, <laughs> maybe. I would hope so. <laughs> Unless like I'm another. I'm looking into this, and I'll let you guys. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Unless like you know another country comes along and buys us out or something. And... Buys Canada. Out. Yeah. Well, remember, like the Nurburgring hosted the Luxembourg Grand Prix. <laughs> what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So weird stuff, but. Anyways, nice to have a new name, I guess. But yeah. yeah, it was confusing a little bit. But let us know what you think of the Eiffel Grand Prix. I know it's been a couple days' time, but hopefully this great discussion jostled your memory. We talked a lot uh, about uh, a lot of rumors. A lot of silly season. A lot of silly stuff, yeah. <laughs> too, <laughs> which was fun. Um, but yeah, let us know, like we talk, excuse me, talked about in the beginning of the show, who your greatest of all time is, and uh, let us know what your thoughts on that debate is as well, and anything else that we covered in this podcast. Next race coming up. The Portuguese Grand Prix. I'm super excited for this circuit. Portimao. Can't wait for it. Yeah. I think nice I'm going to do uh, uh, another hot lap on uh, on the Algarve circuit. Just try and maybe uh, post maybe a video of that. Uh, that video is getting a lot of great traction mm-hmm. from some Portuguese viewers out there as well. So welcome to the show. And uh, congratulations on the race. Should be good. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. Yeah, it should be good. All right, guys, thanks for watching another episode of the Backmarkers F1 show. As always, our social links are in the homepage of our channel. Excuse me, visit our website and anything else. You got any questions or comments, just reach out to us. We're always available. All right, have yourselves a good week. We'll see you next time.